Welcome to Handful. I'm your host, Eleanor. Today we are talking about COVID-19 in the healthcare system in South Sudan, along with a short interview with Ashley T. South Sudan, a country that is only 10 years old, has one of the most fragile and unstable healthcare systems that has been further damaged from the ongoing pandemic. While South Sudan has had a lower number of COVID-19 cases, the country's healthcare system has been more harmed from the international reaction of countries towards aid for stabilization and COVID-19 itself. The healthcare system in South Sudan has faced and continues to face several main issues, political conflict and social unrest, a weak economy due to low revenues from oil companies during the pandemic, a lack of international donor coordination, and severe underfunding. The pandemic added more stress to the instability of the healthcare system in South Sudan as well. Individuals can help by spreading awareness about the situation in South Sudan and similar countries by volunteering with the UN, which may not be the best option for some, donating to organizations like Save the Children and the International Rescue Committee to help mitigate ways that people are at risk for COVID-19, and donate masks to South Africa in general. For our next way for individuals to help South Sudanese people, I invited Ashley Teague, a sophomore at UNC Chapel Hill and a logistical advisor to Spread Your Wings, an organization that works to empower women in South Sudan, particularly through education and keeping girls in school. Ashley also worked on a project this summer with the South Sudanese Minister of Federal Affairs to promote federalism in South Sudan and in their new constitution. With this, she gained a unique perspective of issues faced by South Sudanese people, including the healthcare crisis and education, as she speaks regularly with South Sudanese elected officials and citizens. So, Ashley, please tell me a little bit more about how COVID-19 impacted your involvement with South Sudan. First of all, I would just like to say thank you for having me on. Um, coronavirus uh, definitely impacted my involvement in South Sudan um, in some unique ways. First off, because coronavirus was actually the reason that I was able to work on this project. I was supposed to be working internationally um, this summer, and unfortunately, that internship got canceled. And so I had free time this summer. I was stuck at home, as I'm sure most people were. So I, um, I joined the South Sudan Federalism Project group really because of coronavirus, because of my free time there. But it also definitely impacted the level of involvement that we were able to have. Unfortunately, we could not get into South Sudan because of coronavirus. It's completely understandable. But especially when it was getting to August, when some of the countries were lifting the travel restrictions, we were really hoping to get to go as a group, stay down there for a few weeks. Um, But it was just not feasible at all. Even for people that were very connected in the government, it was hard to get people that were not South Sudanese into the country. And it's just because um, countries like South Sudan, countries that don't have like very established healthcare systems and hospitals, they just could not afford to have people bringing in the virus. And they also couldn't afford to have those hospital beds taken up just because there are so few of them. uh, So they don't need people uh, like us excavating the problems, but it also, it, it affected the level of involvement we had. Like the internet is not great getting on zoom meetings again, even with people like the vice presidents and stuff like that. Like, it's just very, very difficult to schedule regardless of the time difference, because it's hard for every, every single <laughs> elected official, regardless of, of where you are to have like very reliable Wi-Fi like we do in the West. Um, so it, it, 
impacted it um, in quite a few ways. I wish that I could have gone over there. We're still thinking about this summer possibly. And of course it impacted um, all aid workers. Like you really have to think about if it impacted me trying to work with the government doing things regarding like federalism, then of course it affected the people that are there doing this essential, essential work. There are people starving. Again, like I know this is article about the healthcare system. And so I don't need to tell you how, um, how fragile the healthcare system is and how dependent it is on the international community and aid workers and different um, foreign actors. And so when they shut off people like our group, it's, it's pretty clear that they're shutting off other groups as well. And so this is bad just on so many levels because your body is much less likely to be able to fight off coronavirus if you are starving (laughs) yes especially since the international community had such a worried response about how corona would affect the country and what it would bring to the people and so that impacted how many aid workers were going to the country who was getting in how they were treating people so i completely understand what you're saying yeah there's also um, there are other factors that affect how the international community was able to to go in South Sudan, an accountability factor. We just don't know what's going on. We don't know exactly what the numbers are just because everybody has to stay out for the safety of the people. But that also means that those international actors that are helping or that would be able to better track the coronavirus are also gone. So, like, of course, testing is not going to be what it is in Um, other countries that are more developed yes especially with the refugee crisis and especially with the lack of testing from what we've gathered and Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting sorry (laughs) (laughs) it's really important just to remember the uh, political context of South Sudan and that they were in an active civil war until February yes until this virus was really like present (laughs) like they were fighting and like people were still dying over there so was coronavirus their top concern it was probably like the people dying in the war and then Mm -hmm. like they didn't need like one more thing to add to it so like they they do have a lot of like very very like real issues over there and a lot of um like building up infrastructure that needs to be done and so yeah of course it's not going to help an economy that really (laughs) needs that push right now Yes, I agree completely. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about Spread Your Wings. And you also worked with Kyle Fowler, um, and he has Kyle's Campaign for Change in South Sudan. So let's go into your experience with that a little bit more. So I am a logistical advisor for Spread Your Wings, and Spread Your Wings is really about empowering women in South Sudan. So working on this project with Kyle and some... um, of Kyle's network uh, this summer and learning about the different women's issues in South Sudan made a few of the girls that were on the project, actually all of them, there were only three of us and I was an advisor, uh, really want to do something more, especially to to empower those women to keep people in school. The literacy rate in South Sudan, I think is the worst in the world actually. So it was really just about learning more because not many people know that South Sudan has all of these issues. Not many people, at least now, it, it can seem care because it's so far away. 
and it's not something you're faced with seeing every day. So one of our main missions is just bringing awareness. And then of course, Kyle's Campaign for Change does great work uh, with insulin. Kyle is a diabetic. And so he, he knows exactly what it's like to live with a dependency on insulin and in South Sudan and in countries like South Sudan, they just don't have the same level of access to the medicine um, that it can be so easy to take for granted. Even if it's expensive, at least we have the option of getting it. Uh, so Kyle's campaign for change has changed a ton of people's lives uh, by providing insulin to South Sudan, uh, and I think especially children in South Sudan. Yeah. And so working with all of these people has been amazing. I was on a call last week with a girl who was 17, and she just graduated high school in South Sudan, and she wants to go to medical school, actually, uh, but she just can't afford to go to college. And so we are actually trying to work with her um, to pay for some of her medical school and to sponsor some scholarships for her high school, which is unfortunately only 20% female by the end of their graduation period. So it starts off, of course, um, not even, but close to even. And then by the time they hit graduation, uh, it's only 20% female. Uh, so that's one of the things we're really trying to do. We're trying to start clubs at her school where we can talk about women's issues, especially because some of these things are so taboo, like birth control or access to sanitary um, products, hyg feminine hygiene products. Um, so Spread Your Wings has a lot of things that we want to do. Uh, but of course, funding is the main issue for almost all of these, all of these mm -hmm. organizations. The money doesn't come from... <laughs> Uh, the money has to come from somewhere and the government of South Sudan just does not does not have the funds to keep up with um, the needs of the people, especially because so many of the people have uh, like vital, vital health care, um, like main, mainly famine, famine based issues. So they they need aid desperately and their mm -hmm. government just can't afford that yeah especially being at war <laughs> it's not even the thing that healthcare to get to go to a visit to go visit a doctor there it's free but the issue is actually paying for medication or treatment which i think which is what i think is great about kyle's campaign for change because mm -hmm. he actually works with the treatment and for spread your wings not necessarily helping treatment but helping send girls to medical school helping with feminine hygiene products, honestly, anything can help. And so for people listening, I think that I've talked about this with Dr. Mark Thaller. Mm -hmm. um, and he's noted that the honestly, the most helpful thing that you can do is to donate. Because yeah, when you donate masks and you donate feminine hygiene products or other um, materials, you're not necessarily solving the problem itself you're just providing a temporary solution and so i think like what you're doing is providing funding and that's honestly the best way that people that regular people can help out right now yeah it's it's very interesting to see how different topics can touch almost every aspect of someone's life especially in south sudan and especially regarding health care if somebody is not healthy um that's one of the first things that's going to make them unable to go to school or unable to provide for their family or continue a cycle of poverty. Um, so I appreciate you talking about the healthcare aspect of this, uh, just again, because it will help so many of these other areas that they really um, are really trying to just 
build up and create a better life for all of these people in South Sudan. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on and talking with me. That's the end of today's Handful. Handful is a production of Novel Hand, where activism meets impact. Check back tomorrow morning for our next episode.